Thanks for checking out the Revival Tabernacle podcast today. If this is your first time joining us, we want to thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope this message encourages you in Christ our Savior. Please enjoy this message from the RT Pulpit. He is a good God. First Kings 18, First Kings 18. We're going to hear what the Lord has to say. I promise we won't be long. And thank you to our worship team, our musicians. Praise God for you all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise just for our musicians. And our... I don't know, something, something, something kind of special happens when we come up here. <laughs> Man, thank God for his presence. First Kings, the 18th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 36. We're still in our series, The Ultimate Olympiad. Somebody say, The Ultimate Olympiad. Amen. Verse 36, and it came to pass. Well, that'll preach all by itself. That, that, that whatever it is that you're in, let me tell you something, it came to pass. In other words, it's not going to stay this way for too much longer. But this too shall pass. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah and the prophet, I'm sorry, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed all that burnt, all the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. I thought water was supposed to put fire out, but the fire took up the water. That's another sermon. Now, when, the, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is good. The Lord, he is good. I uh, want to talk just for a moment today, uh, the, the subject of, of, of this, of this uh, time together today is going to be called Ready. Somebody say ready, ready. Set, set, done. Yeah. Ready, set, done is, is, is what we're going to title this. And we're going to be focusing on the swiftness, <laughs> the fastness, the quickness of God. Right. We're still in our... Olymp our ultimate, the ultimate Olympiad series. But today we're going to talk, last week we talked about the fight to finish strong. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, the God who is fast. Uh, this week, as you all know, I, I talked about it last week, how I love this time of the year. This week has been amazing. We've seen some amazing things happening if you guys haven't been tuned in. Uh, but I mean, we, we've seen just some awesome things happen uh, at the Olympics there, at the Olympics there in Rio. And, uh, you know, as much as I love the Olympics, 
I really do love the inspirational backstories that get shown all throughout the Olympics. Anybody there with me? I mean, I love seeing all the backstories, all the things and, 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 and the stories that, that, you, that, you, that we get to hear of what these people had to endure just to make it where they are. Oh, I'm telling you, if some of us had time to tell it, I think we all would have something to say when we think about what God has done and how he's brought us. Uh, we all have a testimony and an inspirational backstory. I don't have nobody saying nothing about what the Lord has done for us. We shouldn't be where we are today, but thanks be unto God, he allowed us to make it. People see our glory, but they don't know the story that comes along with what it is that you see right here. And so I love the inspirational stories of all of the Olympiads and, and, and all the people that have made it to uh, this stage uh, in their career. One of the things that I felt like the media really did a very good job in suppressing was the real Michael Phelps story. The real Michael Phelps story, because Michael Phelps, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I was able to just sit there and watch him as he as he as he uh, raced his last time in the Olympic Games last night and got a gold even in the last relay. But Michael Phelps is undeniably a gifted Olympiad. He he has more. He watch this. He has more Olympic medals than anyone in the history. In the history of of Olympics, and I mean, and I mean, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't come without his own personal struggles, his own personal demons. A person witnessing Michael Phelps' iconic rise over the years might believe that Phelps isn't as vulnerable as the rest of us, but let me tell you something, you would be very, very wrong because even through all, all the media outlets, they begin to highlight the story, and most of you all know the story of how Michael dealt with uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, thoughts of suicide and, and depression and how he had to deal with the fact of, of, of of, of being scrutinized for him uh, taking drugs and, and being found having the DUI. In fact, Phelps has gone through a lot since his, the last Olympic Games. And according to ESPN, uh, this profile on athletes, he was so distraught two years ago. Watch this. He was struggling to figure out who he was outside the pool, that he drank heavily and wandered and wondered whether his life was even worth living. Uh, so many times I think that we get so uh, connected to what it is that we do that we forget who we really are. Let me tell you something. You are not what you do. Let me free somebody right now. You are not what you do. Though you may do some things, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. You are a child of God. You are called by the redeemed. You are a child of the Most High, and he has called you by his name. Watch that despite people believing he had everything a person could ever want, he still struggled, but he bounced back. Do I have anybody in this place that has ever bounced back from some things? Do I have anybody in this place that though the devil may have knocked you down, you found enough within your spirit to rise back up again? Hallelujah. And so watch this. Now, they, they talk all about that and they publicize all that, but here's the thing that they didn't publicize. 
but it started getting out there and it started making some waves. When he entered into treatment after multiple DUIs, arrests, and after finding, uh, he found a greater purpose for his life. See, God will never be left without a witness. Michael Phelps from Baltimore, there was another player or another figure who also did play many, many years in Baltimore. His name was Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis began to minister to Michael Phelps. Ray Lewis began to not only minister to Michael Phelps, but he gave him a book by Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church called Purpose Driven Life. This is the stuff that didn't really make the uh, uh, public headlines in the news. Why? Because they want to do as much as possible to squeeze Jesus out. But let me tell you something. When you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, though people may try to squeeze you out, you will always find a way to bubble back up to the surface because he is the one that's able to do all these things. And, 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 so, and, and it impacted his life so much that people began to even call him Preacher Mike. Because before every practice, he would begin reading a chapter in this book, and it renewed his sense of faith. It renewed his sense of purpose. Why? Because somebody was there that had bold conviction to tell him, listen, what you're doing is wrong, but I got a way that you can make all things right. I got a way that you can make all things new, and his name is Jesus. It's a story of his coming back from such a low point that could serve as an inspiration to us all. But I think Ray Lewis, <laughs> he's a little bit like the prophet Elijah. Because Elijah, he was not, let's say, the most popular prophet in this day. Uh, as a matter of fact, when King Ahab was looking for him, <laughs> it was because... Uh, they kind of figured that he was this troublemaker in the land. Everything that he was saying wasn't, he wasn't bringing uh, blessings and prosperity. Like, hey, you get a million dollars and you get a car. No, that, 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 wasn't, that wasn't what he was, it's not what he was saying. He was boldly speaking the truth because the people of Israel had fallen away from the Lord. And see, I think there's something in Elijah's life that we can all learn uh, about being bold and really having or how to establish a great voice of influence in this day and time. Though it may be unpopular, though it may be going against what everyone else is doing. Hey, listen, just like Elijah, you may be the only one that's standing for something right. You may be the only one that's standing for what you know the Lord has spoke to you. But even if you're the only one, let me just tell you, my brothers and sisters, if, you, if it's you plus God, you are the majority. I don't care if there are million. I don't care if there are 400 other false prophets. I don't care if there are millions of other people who are doing this, that, and the other. Let me tell you something. As long as you stand with God, God will stand and back you up. And the Bible says, greater is he <laughs> who is in you than he that is in the world. Let's look at this because I think there are some specific things that we can draw from Elijah's life. The first thing that I would just submit to us is, is his courage. It takes courage to speak against what the trend is. <laughs> 
It takes courage to speak against when everybody else is doing this and you stand up and say, but that ain't right. That's not right. That, that's wrong. It takes courage to do that. But, but Elijah, just like Elijah, we must be willing to stand alone for God. You must be willing to stand alone for God. Even when everyone else is doing all other things, you have to be the one that says, I know what God says. And I have to do what he says. Not only is Elijah's courage something that we have to take notice of, but I also think that his conviction is something that we have to take notice of. Just like Elijah, we have to have a passion for what it is that you believe. You've heard somebody say it. I've heard him say it too, that if you don't stand for something, you will end up falling for anything. Let me tell you something. There, there should be something on the inside of you backed up by this word that should produce a, a, a holy passion for God that will allow you to stand up for the things uh, that God is saying and, and, and that your heart will break for the things that breaks his heart. Amen. What is it that you're passionate about? What, what convictions have you said, uh, I'm going to stand by this, I'm going to stand for this, no matter what is going on, no matter what people will say? What is it that you're doing? Or are you going with the current? Are you going with the flow? Are you allowing your, your voice to be muted by the noise that's going on around you? Elijah had courage, he had conviction, but he also had character. He also had character. He was honest and forthright with everybody. Let me just tell you this. It don't matter who it is. You got to be willing to speak the truth. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me talk to this side of the room. It don't, it don't matter who it is. You have to be willing to speak the truth. And when you know that it's truth, it's because you know that it's from his word. And his word will always last. Heaven and earth will pass away. But let me tell you something. This word is going to last forever. And he had a character that was, that was unmovable. It was unshakable. He made sure that what it was that he made sure that he was a person of integrity. Integrity. Interesting word. Interesting word. What is that word? Comes from a root word that means uh, to be integrated. In other words, wholeness. Wholeness. What was so holy about God? His words and his actions. Be, two separate things became whole. In the math world, we call this an integer. An integer is, is different from a fraction because a fraction is a part of something. But an integer is what? A whole number. God is a holy God. That's why when the angels are flying back and forth in the heavens, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. Why? Because his words and his actions are one. Yeah. Let me see if I can make this thing a little bit plainer. Uh, what he says, he does. And what he does, he says. See, that's the problem with this world today. We have so many people who are saying one thing, 
and doing something else. They're not integrated. They're not an integer. They're not holy. They're, and God is saying, be ye holy for I am holy. In other words, let your words and your actions meet up in the middle and become one. He had character. He had character. Somebody say character. He had courage. He had courage. He had conviction. And he had character. But he also had connection. See, this is where I feel a lot of people in the body of Christ miss it because we, church, somebody say church. (laughs) Church is very interesting because it's a place that we come to one day out of the week. We dress how we don't normally dress. We talk how we don't normally talk. And we do things that we don't normally do. And it's so disconnected from the rest of our world. In other words, the one day is completely separate from the other six days. I believe that God wants to bring the connections that we have in our six days a week for the benefit of the kingdom that we do on one day a week. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying today. Listen to what Elijah did. He, he, he had this magnetic charisma about himself. People were drawn to him. And so many of us in the church, we have this magnetic charisma about ourselves that we only let be active Monday through Friday. And then when it comes to the things of the Lord, we kind of just sit and we say, well, I just want to come and just, you know, receive a word and, you know, leave on out of here and that be that. Let me just tell you something. God wants all of you. He wants all of you. He wants your whole heart. He wants how you are even in the world to be how you are even in the kingdom. And he wants how you are in the kingdom to be how you are in the world so that the, so the, so that the connection that you have, that gift that he has given you for people to like you. <laughs> so you thought that was just your personality. Well, you know, they just like how I am. <laughs> you know, I, they just like my personality. No, 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 no. God gave you that personality. And he didn't give you that personality so that you can excel at your job only. That's right. Let me tell you something. He gave you that personality so that you can draw people to yourself and then you can then draw people to him. He had courage. He had conviction. He had character. He had connection, but then also he had credibility. <laughs> he had credibility. Let me tell you something. If people can't rely on you, if people can't depend on you, if people can't lean on you in their time of need or trouble, we got a problem. Because God wants you to be a person of great credibility. See, he, he eventually got the people to follow 
him and then pointed them to God because what he was trying to do, he accomplished. We talked about this last week, and it was, it was the ability to finish strong. There are too many people in this world that are starting things and never completing them. We start relationships, even in, even in the body, and, 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 and we want to mentor and disciple, and then there's no follow-through. And then people become irritated at the church. Why? Because you began to become a direct reflection of the same disappointment that they have dealt with out in the world. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? So, so now you've established a record of disappointment in, within the body, and now people that want to continue on in the faith, they become weary because what it's supposed to look like differently in the church, it's beginning to look a lot like it was in the world. And so therefore they say, you know what? I don't need this. I can do bad all by myself. And so we have to really begin to reshape our position. Let, let me tell you this. It's better for you not to engage than to engage and then, and then become a disappointment. Because the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, we're, we're breaking people's heart when we don't do what it is that we say we're going to do, when we don't be who it is that we say we're going to be, and when we don't have, have a sense of backup in the things that we have already said. I think there are some things that we can learn from the prophet Elijah, but let me just bring this whole, bring this whole thing home, and then I'm closed, and I'll be done in five minutes. Let, let me say this. God showed up fast for the prophet Elijah. He showed up fast. Let's look at these things of if, if we want God to show up fast in our lives, I believe there are, there are, there are a few things we can do, but I'm just going to highlight two of them. Two things that we need to do if we really want God to show up fast on our behalf. Can I give you number one? Somebody say number one. For God to show up fast for you, I believe God shows up fast for people who obey him. God shows up fast for people who obey him. Look at what it says. Let's go back to verse 30, 30, uh, 36. And it came to pass at the time that the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. Now watch this. And that I have done all these things at your word. Let it be known that, that, that you are the God of Israel and that I have done all these things at your word. God shows up for people that obey him. And he doesn't just show up, he shows up fast. He shows up immediately. Uh, do you think, remember when uh, the leper was there and, and, and the prophet told the leper, he said, go down and, and dip yourself in the Jordan River 
seven times. Uh, the Jordan River wasn't really that clean. It would be like today <laughs> saying, listen, go to Flint. And dip your, oh, too early, too early, I'm sorry, too early, okay, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, should did that, too soon, too soon. Go, go to the Rouge River, let's go to the better. And dip yourself seven times in those dirty waters. Um, what do you think would have happened, number one, if they went and found a body of water that was a little bit more closer to their, <laughs> to their dwelling place. What do you think would have happened? It wouldn't have got cured. Let's go a little bit further. What do you think would have happened if he got, he, he said, All right, I'm going to go to the Jordan, but I'm not going to go down seven times. Three is enough for me. One for the father. One for the son. One for the Holy Ghost, and we're just going to call it a day. I mean, seven, listen, that's just too much. I think that the, that the full healing and the manifestation of that miracle came because of a complete obedience. A complete following through of what it is that he asked you to do. Partial obedience, listen to me good, is disobedience. God, but I'm, God, I'm trying, I'm doing it, I'm, I'm doing this, that, and the other, but, but did you take care of, of this thing? What about, what about this? What about that? Well, I did everything else, God, I mean, God, did you, I mean, what you want me to do, not be happy? Sometimes it's not about your happiness in as much as it is your holiness. Watch this. I think God will show a fast when we are obedient or when we obey him. But my second and last point, God will also show a fast for those who want to make him known. He will show up fast for those who really want to make him known. Look back at down at verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that, watch this, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. In other words, he wasn't saying, God, do this for me so that they know I'm not a liar. <laughs> Do this for me so that I can be a wonder to these people and that they now can get them. To, no, no, no. He says, do this, oh God, so that these people will know that you are God. How, I wonder how much of our actions, how much of our behavior is really uh, steeped in wanting people, other people, to know who Jesus really is. Young people, listen to me good. You're getting ready to go back to school. Lean in real good with me. You're getting ready to go back to school. Guess what? The best thing that you can do is be a light for Jesus when you go back into the classroom. 
Well, you know, that's not what everybody, I know that's not what everybody was doing. That's the reason why I'm telling you this, because I want you to be the standout. You can live righteous for God in your teenage years. You can live holy for God in your 20s. You can give your life completely and fully over to the Lord. He wants this for you. He called you out not to blend in. Yeah, so when the whole world is black and white, let me tell you something, you need to be live and in living color. You need to stand out for Jesus. And when you do it, let me tell you something, he will back you up. He will back you up. He will be there for you, I mean, so fast, so quick. My sister-in-law, Courtney's sister, was in service a few months ago, and she heard me talking about, um, you know, how the Lord had been dealing with me on uh, being sure that, you know, when I see someone in need on the side of the road asking for money or asking for food that I give them, you know, I help out. And she heard me talk about this one time I just got done visiting someone, at the, uh, another family member at the hospital, and I was coming back, and y'all remember me telling the story about the guy who I, Holy Spirit said, give him the money, and that was all I had, and I gave him like $10, and, and, and he, gave me, he gave me a can opener, brand new, stainless steel, <laughs> can opener. Manual, not, not the automatic kind that you plug in. and you, No, but like you turn. Brand new, still on, the, still on the wrapper, had the twisty ties all around it. And she heard me tell that. A couple weeks later, Troy was at the, at the gas station and she had just come out from putting some money in, money in her tank and, or some gas in her tank and she only, she says, she said, I only had $2 left and someone was out there and they were asking, hey, can I get a couple dollars? And she said, no, I don't have it. And just went back and got in her car. And then she said, when she got in her car, she heard my voice. <laughs> and when she heard my voice, she began to get convicted. And she went back, took that to, now she said, this was the, I mean, the last bit of money that I had. I'm not talking about like, oh, I got more money in the bank. No, this was the last bit of money that she had. And God says, go back and give it to him. She went back and was obedient to the voice of the Lord and gave, her his, her, gave him her, her last $2. Watch this. Um, somebody had their church had recently passed and so the family had asked her to sing and the funeral was I think like the next day and so she went and she sang at the funeral and I'm talking about how God will show up fast for you when you seek to make him known to other people. She says that the family at, at, at the end of the funeral service uh, gave her uh, a little envelope and you know she thought it was just a card because it was a card for an, you know card like an envelope for a card and so she just kind of took it put it in her Bible and uh, when she got, she kind of went on the rest of the day, you know, when she got home, she 
uh, opened up her Bible and, re and remembered that the card was in there. And when she opened up the card, there was, let's just say, a hundred times more than what she had given out. Talking about how God will show up fast. See, we, we could have varies. And no, it's not about money. It's not about, I gave this, so, you know, God. No, 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 it's not about that. It's about obeying what he said and wanting to make him known to other people. And so many times we miss out on our opportunity to make God known to other people because, number one, we don't feel like going out of our way to do nothing for nobody. Not even family. I mean, some of us wouldn't want to deal with family like that. You know, we screen calls for family members. Oh, I know what they want. <laughs> oh, y'all know I'm telling the truth. I'm not, I, I called them back later. I know what they want. And, 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 and we forget we forget this one important thing, that they call on you because you have it. But watch this. How did you get it? Remember that it is the Lord thy God that giveth us the power to get wealth. God empowers us to have what it is. As a matter of fact, everything that we have belongs to him. Technically, we're just stewards of what it is that he has given to us. And we are supposed to be good managers of his stuff. But we hold on to this thing like it's ours. Mm -hmm. I work too hard. Oh, I hear you. I, I hear you. Huh? I work too hard for my money. This is my money. This is my check. No, 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 no. Come here, boo-boo. It's not. It all belongs to him. It all belongs to him. The Lord has been challenging me in the area of, 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 of my teaching. And so I'm going to do something different today that I've, I don't think I've ever done, but I know this is of God. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I want you all to be praying with me and for me that I will be consistent in making sure that we always have a take home. Let me give you a take home. So we know the points that God would show up fast. God would show up fast for those who, are, who obey him, and he would show up fast for those who seek to make him known. Here's our take home. This week, people of God, listen to me. This week, I want you to ask God to show you an opportunity to make him known to somebody else and do it. Don't forget that last part <laughs> because it's so easy to say, God, show me an opportunity. Thank you, God, I saw it. And then and we, and we leave it at that. There must be follow through. God, show me, reveal to me an opportunity to make you known to someone else and then do it. Do it. And when you do it, 
I want you to watch how he shows up fast for you. Let's stand. Let's stand. I've seen God do this in my life, in the life of even other people in, sitting in this room right now. I've seen how God shows up. And when you see how God shows up, you can always link it back. Man, that was, that was an obedient life. That was, man, they're always looking to make God known to some other people. They don't just hear the word, they do the word. I was so blessed. Pastor Tim, many of you know he pastors a church down in Louisiana, and <clears throat> many of you have heard or seen on television the, the, the mad, mass flooding that's going on. And I shot him a text, hey, man, is everything all right? You guys need anything? He said, no, just pray. He says, we're good, but so many of the people in our church are displaced and going through. And he said, so Sunday, we're not even going to have church. He said, Sunday, we're not going to have church. We're going to be the church. And so we're commissioning all of our people to, to come and get organized so we can coordinate relief efforts for people that are being displaced by the flooding. I said, man, we're going to be praying, praying. That's what it's all about. They, it was an opportunity. They were obedient to the word of the Lord. And they want to make God known to other people. And so guess what? They're going to go and do. What is it that God would have you to do to make him known to somebody else? Maybe they're are instantly thoughts that are coming to your mind of opportunities that you've missed. God says, listen, don't worry about it. It's water under the bridge. There's a new day. There's a new day. And he wants to help you not blow it the second time around. Or for a lot of us, the 500 second time around. Because I just believe that I know even for myself, I, I still miss opportunities. But it's because I'm, I'm not constantly tuned in to hearing, God, what do you have for me to do today? And I think that needs to be our prayer. Come on, just lift up those hands right where you are and just say, God, show me. Your way. And help me be obedient to your word and help me make you known to people around me that don't know you. Now come on all over this room, just begin to talk to the Lord in your own way, in your own way, in your own way. Yes, Lord. God, we are sorry. Sorry, God, for our sins of commission. Things that we did that we should not have done. 
God, we're also sorry for our sins of omission, the things that we should have done that we did not do. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your correction. But God, thank you for empowering me to get it right the next time. God, I pray right now that these, your people, God, we would get it right. God, that we would hear your voice and that we would do everything that you are asking us to do. In Jesus' name. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.